Welcome to The Delivery, I'm Andy Hirschfeld. The Seinfeld 2000 Twitter account is one of the most popular on the platform today. It chronicles what it would be like if the 90s sitcom was still on television. Oh, George Costanza post on Instagram. In this era of continuous reboots, we asked the guy behind the keyboard to tell us his thoughts and a whole lot more. The Delivery starts right now. People say there's a lot of caffeine in tea, but I don't really feel the effects of it. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Do you... Yeah, people... Mm. Like, you, you, you feel like there's not... Like, it just, it's, just like a, it's just like a state of mind. Yeah. Like, people will be like, oh, you know, there's 17 more, you know, times the amount of caffeine in, like, a green tea... But I can drink a green tea like right before bed, sleep like a baby. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm mostly a coffee guy. When I was in college, I was yeah. drinking like eight cups of coffee a day. So, wow. Yeah. What, no, what, I mean I was pretty close to a heart attack. But you know, <laughs> I've I've kind of cut back like two cups of coffee and some tea, and you know that's 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 me. Uh, you know, at this point in my in my life. Uh, and you're you're living to tell the story. I'm, I'm living to tell living. the story, hundred percent. What's, uh, what's your take on Red Bull? Um, I will. I'm not a Red Bull guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say um, if they want to give this show a sponsorship. Uh, I'll, I could change my opinion, but I'm not really a, a Red Bull guy. Uh, what about you? I'm ashamed to admit that while I wouldn't define myself as a Red Bull guy, you know, if there are times when I'm just like so deeply exhausted um, but don't want a hot drink and I'm not really that into iced coffee or cold brew, you know, there's something about Red Bull where it's very close to like you know coke or something so you know i'll I'll like shamefully drink a red bull um and sometimes i'll do it at a you know at an obscenely early time not all the time but you know there have been times where i'll have like a red bull like 8 a.m and then i'm just wired for like the next 14 hours what about like a a five-hour energy see that I, i put that in the green tea category i've had it and I feel like it just didn't work. I feel like it just didn't do what it was supposed to do. So really? I, I, don't, I don't believe in five-hour energy. You don't believe like in you don't believe in energy or five hours or like that. <laughs> the concept of energy, I don't believe. It. No, um, I just don't think it works. I you don't, don't believe if, energy works at five-hour no, energy works. Fi- in in quantities of five hours, I don't think that works. Oh, okay. Yeah, that may. Yeah. I, I can. I can see that. Uh, are you on this uh, nitro cold brew trend? You know. You know. It's funny you mentioned that because I was just talking to some other people about that, and um, uh, I think the. You know, I, in my limited experience, I think the nitro makes it really disgusting. 
Really? I, I tried it for the first time the other day. Some people have been like trying to force it on me, and I finally gave in the other day. And it's not uh-huh. it's not terrible, but it's it's kind of like if I want something frothy and like that, I'll I'll get a beer. Mm. You know, it, it just it, I, personally I'm not a fan uh, right. myself. I had some like fancy, like very bougie, like nitro cold brew in a can recently, and it was like. It was Ethiopian of some sort. The coffee was Ethiopian. And no, no word of a lie, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever consumed. And I drink Red Bull sometimes at like 8 a.m. This was worse than that. I, I actually felt like there was something wrong with the product. But almost to punish myself, sadistically, I just, I just finished it. Um, but it sort of tainted my image of nitro cold brew forever like i don't think i'll i'll ever have it again huh interesting really interesting uh so <laughs> let let's talk about this um this account jason oh, yeah. the uh jason the seinfeld 2000 twitter account now that seems like a very interesting like oddly specific thing to get into sure how, how did this even happen Oh boy, well, let me take you back to 2013. Um, You know, I'd been following this account, Seinfeld Today, which was a more earnest version of what what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, it was a phenomenon. I think it started in fall slash winter of 2012. And yeah, like everyone else, I was following it, and I just remember at first thinking it was very clever and getting swept up in it, and then growing tired of it pretty quickly uh, for reasons you know we can get into if you want. And then there being this period of just everyone I knew, knowing that I was a big Seinfeld fan, continuously, you know, sharing it with me. And then starting to get really irritated. And then I remember a coworker sort of almost cornered me and just was just putting his phone in my face and just showing me tweets. And I just felt, okay, this is just, I, 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 I'm just tapped out on this. And at the same time, um, I was working at a company that was sort of in the slow process of going out of business and had kind of laid everybody off, but had given us this really long leash. So... I had, you know, about six months where I was just getting paid to come into an office. And I was using that time to basically read the internet cover to cover and didn't really have much of a creative out- outlet for all of this garbage that I was consuming. And, you know, it became very cathartic for me to make fun of this thing that I had gotten very irritated over uh, while also sort of having an, having an outlet to recycle and regurgitate all of this pop culture and news, you know, excess that I was taking in um, on a daily basis. And I, and I remember thinking very clearly, I'm going to do this for like, you know, a couple days to blow off some steam and I didn't really have a goal in mind, but I thought, gosh, you know, if I, 
if I could somehow get the attention of the creators of this account in some way, you know, that'll have been a win. And then, I, and then I'll just move on with my life. And that was five years ago. Were you expecting this to become, it's almost like a cult, you have like a cult-like following almost. Were you expecting something like that to happen? <laughs> no, I had, uh, I had no expectations uh, whatsoever. You know, especially at the start, the account was written in this very uh, illiterate, broken English type of thing. Uh, you know, so it was deliberately very inaccessible. Um, so really, no, really, I, it was, it was, this was like classic trolling. I was just doing it to express my, uh, <laughs> my contempt for something and, you know, blow off a little steam, really mainly for myself. That's, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I can see you're followed by some remarkably influential people uh, on <laughs> yeah, this account. Um, and it's, it's, it's really funny. I'm a big Seinfeld fan myself. I've actually, uh-huh. um, I've ruined relationships through the show, actually. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've, been talking with people, you know, sometimes friends, sometimes romantically, whatever, and they say that they've never seen the show, and I'm just kind of caught, because it's like, how how have you made it this far in life and haven't seen that show? It's, it's you have to uh, sometimes feel like you, People are living under rocks if they haven't seen that show. But what's really interesting is actually, and and the reason I wanted to sit down with you, is over the last, you know, couple months, you we've been seeing um, a lot of calls for reboots of different shows from, right. you know, the '80s, the '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, we just saw that huge thing with Roseanne, um, you know, Murphy Brown, um, there's talks about ALF, which is bizarre. Um, so what do you, what's your take on, on those? Um, well, I think that, uh, this is kind of like a very low risk way for, uh, you know, TV networks that are contracting and losing, viewers to capitalize on uh, nostalgia and, you know, really come out with a built-in audience. I'm not an expert on the TV industry uh, by any means, but... You've kind of become that for, you you know, it seems like um, reasons uh, that that were not intentional. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess what we're seeing is that, you know, TV audiences are getting older. When I say TV mm-hmm. audiences, like traditional network TV. Um, so, in a case like Murphy Brown, for example, if CBS's audience is already kind of an older skewing crowd that was, you know, in the prime of their lives when Murphy Brown was hot, 
and now maybe they're retired, uh, you know, it, I guess it, it makes sense, uh, you know, to do that. And, and as Roseanne showed until the uh, unfortunate tweets, um, I mean, you know, in the, it, it can in be the Roseanne space, Kata, what's in what, what, I don't know. It, it was, it's the whole thing is really strange because it's, you know, you knew where she stood. Um, right. So it's it's not exactly like anyone was surprised that she says racist things. Uh, didn't exactly come as a surprise, really. The Murphy Brown thing is kind of it, it, uh, it's interesting because you know it's that whole dynamic of news and how you know with the state of politics right now, how how the uh, intricacies of the news media has become a, a lot more interesting to. The average consumer. Now I'm a newscaster myself, so you know I'm kind of distant to that. Um, so I mean, there, it's a little bit. It's a there's a little bit of a challenge there, right? Yeah. But, um, it'll. It, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because it, it. You're right. It's changed so drastically since you know that show first came out that. In the age of Trump and the, you know, not even it's not even a 24-hour news cycle anymore. It's like a, I don't know what you what you'd call it, but sure. and, and then you know counteracted counteracting with the fact that, um, or sorry, contrasting with the fact that Murphy Brown, the character, and Candace Bergen are significantly older. Uh, you know that against the backdrop of this frenetic social media-driven news cycle I, I it sounds like a challenge I, I don't know how they're gonna pull it off but it'll be interesting to see how it works oh 100 percent totally uh I agree with you on that so how do you keep this 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 account going what what what's your thought process and how you craft this together because it's very intricate Oh, um, well, I mean, the nice thing about it, I guess, is that uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a built-in uh, machine. You know, it's, it's the combination of all these jokes and, and Seinfeld stories and characters and everything that we know so well, and then being able to infuse it with this, like, constant downpour of information that we're hit with all the time and so you know these connections uh for for someone who's like consumed the show so many times are kind of easy to make um you know and there have been times where uh inspiration is just struck and then there have been times where it's like oh i haven't tweeted in a bit let me see what's out there and how can i kind of jam this into Seinfeld and often the result is the same and then yeah I mean it's a bit of a character study as well like I, I, I've referred to it a little bit as performance art even just by virtue of you know the ridiculous length of time that I've sustained this thing and beaten this horse into the ground and then of course there are a lot of uh, kind of there, there's a, there are all these threads of kind of these like in inside jokes, I guess that that or these recurring running jokes, like you know, 
I, I'll do this catchphrase, uh, not every tweet can be a slam dunk, after mm-hmm. I've consciously tweeted something bad, you know, like a bad pun or like a dad joke. Um, you know, I kind of have, have my rotation of just these, these terrible callbacks. Um, you know, another one is like putting the curb curve your enthusiasm mm-hmm. music on something and trying to trying to do that as quickly as possible um which seems to have become kind of a, a more widespread thing that other people do um poorly um so you know it's it's this combination of running ja- uh, running gags and and then just uh just merging <laughs> merging new new things with with Seinfeld i mean it's not that deep no, um, it's 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 not. Um, it is it is pretty entertaining though. Uh, mm. I'm just so captivated by how this became like um, such a huge thing. You know that, yeah. that all of a sudden you had uh, what is it? Hundreds of thousands of people. A lot of them are very influential people, kind of caring about what it is that you're doing. How, how is, are you still kind of surprised? I mean, it's definitely, it's a trip, um, for sure, especially given that I had zero ambitions going into it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say a couple things, like, the Seinfeld Today account that I'm making fun of blew up immediately. Like, you know, I think within, within a month, it had, like, three quarters of a million followers, Still, you know, I've been grinding away at this for like years, and I, I still don't have anything approaching that. the The engagement on it is pretty high, but you know, I if if at any point I start to get a little, you know, big headed about who's following me or what, I kind of check myself a little bit by going, well, you know, this still isn't, uh, you know, you don't have over a million followers or something. This is still. Even, you know, this hasn't superseded the thing that it's parodying, which maybe has worked in its favor. Um, I mean, aside from that, I'm, but, but on the other hand, maybe that sort of grinding away at it and that, that very gradual building of an audience is kind of what makes people appreciate it. You know, it, it isn't something that... Um, as much as I've tried to make it like a little bit more broad as it's gone on and made the 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 language you know a little a little easier a little more coherent um, uh, you know it's still something that there's a bit of a barrier to entry and maybe once you get it you can appreciate it or, or you feel like there's what a bit of a small community around it what do you what do you mean by that well there I, I guess what I mean is that I, I still try to avoid keeping it as accessible as the thing that I'm making fun of, and I, 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 I I'm still trying to keep it a little bit, uh, a, a little bit edgy or you know a little bit strange, and so for people who love you know who love the Big Bang Theory, the the tone of the humor might still be a little bit. Um, you know, a little too too weird. Um, and there's also an element of, you know, a little bit, it's a little bit irreverent still. So, you know, I do a lot of jokes about, 
uh, Michael Richards Laugh Factory incident where, you know, uh, if you're a pure, you know, deeply earnest fan of Seinfeld, you may not want to, uh, you know, focus on some of the uglier parts of the legacy of the show or some of the jokes that may not have aged as well. Um, like what? Uh, well, besides that one. <laughs> well, yeah, within the show, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of, of something. Well, okay, for example, uh, the Babu Bot character is, you know, I don't think that that would have flown on TV today. Oh, um, absolutely not. Not even close. Right? Yeah. No. Uh, same deal with, uh, there's a, a Chinese delivery guy, Ping. Oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that would be... Um... <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say would be racist because it was racist then, uh, right. but it would be more hyper hyper aware of 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 that. Uh, now. Oh yeah, Twitter would Twitter would have just shut that. I mean, the show might have even ended because of those characters. Uh, yeah, I mean, in today's climate, this, it would have been a Roseanne situation. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I don't mm -hmm. even know if that would have made it out of a writer's room. Um, no, probably. I don't know. I'm yeah. Not there. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, on the note of race, uh, Donna Chang, ridiculous, things like oh, that. Oh yeah, that was. That's a that's an intro, That's a that's one. That's a right. whole thing there. There's also like I don't know about, you know, I guess it depends on what channel it would be on too, because we're, you know, now we don't really have shows so, so often with laugh tracks or what. And maybe Seinfeld would have been like, on FX. Maybe it would have been like, uh, against. Uh, you know, we got to think about context, too, because Always Sunny is very problematic, but very self-aware. Um, so maybe we're just talking about network television, but I'm also thinking about there was a joke where uh, it was the episode My Boys Can Swim, and then yeah. I think Kramer says, uh, you know, have you ever, uh, you ever slipped one past the goalpost in terms of impregnating a woman? And then Jerry says, those records are permanently sealed. I, again, I don't know. It's kind of a gray area. But that, for, for a network show that's airing at 8 or 9, you know, it seems a little dark. So, but anyway, uh, you know, that's a digression. I'm just saying that, you know, I, occasionally I on that I, account, I I'll dredge from. up. Yeah, I'll dredge up stuff that, you know, a, a fan account might not want to touch yeah exactly I'm, I, and like you know on the vein of laugh tracks which personally I'm not a big fan of it's like I, if I think something's funny I'm going to laugh I don't need a prompt right. uh, but there, there are some very speci you know, specific shows like Seinfeld that, that are okay with that but like you know it's like a whole thing anyways they, so they've rebooted Will and Grace. Right. Um, they rebooted Full House. Right. Uh, and the interesting thing about the Full House example is that some can argue that that ruined the show. The reboot ruined the entire show. Oh, yeah. I don't know where you stood. Are you on the Full House spectrum of, of ideas or, you know, interest? Uh, but, like... You know, a lot of people are worried that if if there was a reboot of the show, of Seinfeld, then it would ruin the show. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, 
Well, first of all, I just want to talk about, I mean, I haven't watched much of Fuller House, but I think it's so funny that they still went ahead with it um, without the Olsen twins, and then they make jokes about the Olsen twins not being on the show. They like, there was like this very corny thing where they talk about how Michelle is like too cool to come back, and then the whole cast looks at the camera. I don't, do you, did you see that, that scene? I did. So weird. I did. I was, I'm not proud to say, but I, 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 I've yeah, seen yes. I think that was in an article or something I read um, because I was never really into Full House. Um, I mean, I was talking to somebody about Roseanne and how this like new wave of Roseanne, even without the racist tweets and the, all the controversy, like even that ruined the show. And now they're doing the Connors without Roseanne, which is kind of like worse than doing Full House without Michelle. I mean, that's gonna that's mm. gonna fuck everything up too. Um, Seinfeld. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, unless they did it really, really, really well, like, like I think they would have to depart entirely from the show. It would have to be single camera. It would have to be on, like, HBO. You know, they'd have to be able to, like, swear. You know, uh, the, the, the set would have to be different. Maybe they'd be in a different city. Like, maybe it would be following their individual lives. Like, it would have to just be such a different show that it, maybe it wouldn't even be Seinfeld anymore. Um, because I think if they did return to that apartment and their lives hadn't changed significantly in like 30 years, yeah, I, I think that that would destroy the legacy of the show. And, you know, people who follow my account, uh, you know, and are fans of it might be shocked to hear me saying that, but, you know, that account is very much. Uh, you know, it's a character, it's like a psychotic person who doesn't really understand these things and is just so, you know, wrapped up in the nostalgia of the 90s that, you know, the, they're not even really considering how, how the landscape has changed or anything. It's almost like there's been some trauma that's keeping them mentally at the time of their lives when Seinfeld was was a show, um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, and I think the same could happen with Murphy Brown and, and all these things. It's, it's just a matter of like how precious uh, the show's original legacy is to its fans. So I don't know, Will and Grace, maybe it doesn't matter if the show, well, I mean, I guess a lot of people care about Will and Grace, but Seinfeld, it's just such a, they really went out on top and it's just. Did you see? Did you see the new Will and Grace? Uh, yeah, I've caught a few minutes of it here and there. Like, you know, uh, if I'm watching Saturday Night Live, it it's on before SNL. So sometimes I'll like catch like the jokes during the credits or something. Like, if it's if it's if there's a guest host that I really want to see or something. Um, but I haven't like watched a whole episode because I wasn't went into the original Will and Grace. So. You know, but it seems like the exact same not, show from what I could tell. Oh, it's it's and it's it's not bad. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll I'll go ahead and say All that right. it's not it, that to me is an example of a show that may have been rebooted that that it didn't get its legacy destroyed. Well, I, I guess maybe um, it didn't end like Seinfeld ended in what ninety eight or ninety nine. Like Will and Grace must have ended in what two thousand five or something. I just feel like 
I think later than that. Oh, the, there you go. So, so the interruption between the uh, the end of the show and the reboot, I think, if it's a shorter interval, that kind of helps it come back gracefully. Uh, yeah, two thousand. I'm on Wikipedia now. Two thousand six looks like it ended originally. I mean, eleven years is still a long time, but it's certainly not thirty years. Um, the cast hasn't like aged significantly. It seems like, uh, you know, there are a few things working in its favor. Yeah, absolutely. I do think. What What about like a reunion episode? I mean, is that of Seinfeld? Well, they kind of they did that uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I think that's yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I, and I think that's kind of the best way they could have done it. Because um, it, it also kind of had it maintained that kind of meta quality that Seinfeld had, especially near the end, um, where they weren't really doing like a proper reunion, but it was still they were sort of having their ke- cake and eating it too. Um, a reunion today, again, they'd have to do it subversively. I, I just it would be strange. Plus, I feel like the one-off re- reunion shows don't really happen anymore. True. Unless it was like a movie so or something. You, uh, but I, that, that would be weird. A movie? <laughs> that would be weird. Too. A Seinfeld movie. Oh, boy. You hear that, Larry David? I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need that movie, Larry. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, get on it, yeah. dude. Yeah. I actually, I'm pretty sure I saw him the other day. Oh wow! Where? I mean, he may be in New York, but I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw it. It's either him or a guy that looks a lot like him. There are him. a lot of Larry doppelgangers, though. Like, you know, this is a joke I'll play often with friends, where anybody who's remotely gray-haired and, and bald and has glasses, you know, will kind of do the "Oh, that's Larry David." Oh, absolutely, but. But this guy looked like Larry Day, but he had like pretty significant uh, sideburns, which okay. uh, uh, so I don't well, know. He was wearing. <laughs> I mean, Larry's gotten into like costumes. I've noticed a lot more, and like you know, wigs and you know, fake beards in this sort of later part of oh, his yeah. career. So, it, you know, it's possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, Larry, I know you're listening. Do you? Is Larry uh, actually listening? We should talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Larry, I, I know you're. I know you're listening, Larry. Uh, so we we should be in touch. You know, you 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 can follow the show on Twitter. We have a website. You know, you you can get in touch, and we can discuss this new venture. Because uh, I know he's listening. Larry, so. hit up Andrew. I mean, uh, yeah, hit we me need up. This. We do. I can uh, <laughs> can write it. Jason can uh, be the be write it too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're into that, see, we we need to see what can be done. Uh, generally, but Larry, I know you're listening, so I'm waiting for your call. You seem very confident that Larry is listening. Oh, absolutely. There is no way he's not. He's just 
Like, you've been really under the radar. Larry's a podcast and freak. Everybody knows this. He can't get enough podcasts. Oh, Larry David is huge podcast freak. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's a big... Um, listens to... what? What's that one? Serial? I can see him listening to Serial. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Just, you know, tune that up. Just playing that. Is... Um, I assume he drives a Prius. Well, in the new curb, he's, like got a that, uh, guy. he's got that BMW i3. You know, that, that electric BMW. Does he have it? But either way. I can see him. I, I can see him. I've, I feel like I can see him driving a Prius. Yeah. Just like, not like, you, you know, not, not pretty unassumingly driving a sure. Prius. Like owning, owning that he drives a Prius. Oh, I see. Being proud of the Prius. I can, being proud of the Prius. That sounds a little I bit. See, uh, I mean, I see him. That sounds a little bit like a curb thing, you know. Like, are you, oh, are you proud of the Prius? Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm proud oh, of the Prius. Oh, hundred percent. Or maybe Seinfeld. Maybe that's. Uh, so, you know, she's not. She's maybe, not proud of the, the Prius. Oh, you got to be proud of the Prius, Jerry. <laughs> I, that's something, right? That is something. Right. You're absolutely Thank right. You, you see. There's a show right there. The whole the Prius. Season twenty nine, episode fourteen, The Prius. Written by Larry Davis. It's like the Cadillac. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah. So that's I think we got it. Probably gonna yeah. happen. Um pre- I'm pretty confident in this. Um what do you think of uh Jason Alexander's move to uh, be uh, Colonel Sanders. I, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Jason's uh, Jason's getting that money, and uh, good for him. Uh, you know, he's in good company. They had Norm Macdonald, uh, Ray Liotta was one. You know, uh, Daryl Hammond. I mean, you know, the one thing about that that's a little weird is that the whole premise of his. Colonel Sanders, Sanders commercials is that they're sort of playing on traditional sitcom tropes, which Seinfeld, at its you know especially in its heyday, couldn't be further from was like a response to those tropes. Um, so it's a little strange to sort of predicate him as the new spokesman, as the sort of consummate sitcom guy. Eh, having said that, you know it's fine. I, I don't. I, I I don't find most advertising funny. It's it's okay. It is what it is. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. Yeah. Um but I'm pretty sure I've got I'm like seventy five percent sure that Larry David is gonna be writing uh something about this this Prius thing. Um pr- pretty confident that that's happening. Yeah. So I think it's like yeah. Uh, we'll just have to see what. I think it's like George's girl. Okay, George drives a Prius. His girlfriend is embarrassed that her boyfriend, who by the way is now sixty, um, drives a Prius because she doesn't think it's a masculine car. She equates fuel and diesel consumption with masculinity and smoke with masculinity. 
So she thinks this is kind of like an effeminate car for a man to drive. But he's proud of the Prius. Something like Sounds that. Sounds about right. Right? This is like the plot where, where Jerry... That works. ...you know, orders just a salad. Accidentally on a... Just a salad. Oh, absolutely. Just a salad. This is like, you know... And maybe David Putty, maybe, maybe David Putty's still working at the dealership. Maybe he's working at a Toyota dealership now. Maybe he sells George on the maybe. Prius. Or is it maybe, maybe Ooh, it's a rental, rental Prius. Car. I, yes, rental Prius. He doesn't actually, maybe he doesn't right. actually he like the Prius. Like a, he, wanted, he wanted a luxury. But, maybe he wanted the i3 that Larry David's driving. He wanted that BMW. They only had the Prius. Maybe it's like a, you can take the reservations, but you can't hold the reservations type of situation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, exactly. And, and that, that would work, too. Larry, we're giving you all Larry, kinds of ideas. Seinfeld comes back, and this is a plot line. I swear to God. I mean, I, you're a genius, but it's lawsuit time. Absolutely. Pay up. Maybe he should just... If, if if there's no if there's no uh, you know buy byline here for us, then uh, there's going to be an issue. We just wrote the whole episode for you. I'm getting upset. Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm getting mad. I'm preemptively fuming at the possibility that if if this show yeah. is written and it's written and yeah. we don't get the credit for it. You think you got a Pissed. Prius bit like this every day? Nobody's coming up with a Prius bit like this. Anyways, thank you so much for uh, for joining. I appreciate well, it, for Jason. Me. And that's all for this episode of the Delivery in New York. I'm Andy Hirschfeld. We'll see you next time. <laughs>